2: President Biden and Speaker McCarthy begin negotiating the debt ceiling increase.
3: I've been very clear. The current path we're on, we cannot sustain.
2: The House files articles of impeachment against DHS Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas.
4: In my opinion, it's unconscionable. He's at the, literally attacked the
2: essence of this country. The Fed announces a rate hike and signals more may come. I think. It would be premature, it would be very premature to declare victory. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast. Your first look at today's top stories for Thursday, February 2nd. I'm Mike Scott. On Wednesday, House Speaker Kevin McCarthy met with President Biden for the first meeting over the debt ceiling. Republicans say they are willing to raise the debt ceiling and vow to not allow the U.S. to go into default. However, they want spending cuts attached to the debt ceiling increase. The White House argues that Congress needs to pass a clean debt limit without conditions.
5: Right now, the Treasury Department is implementing, quote, extraordinary measures to ensure the U.S. can continue paying its bills. But that's only expected to last until early June. Republicans say they will not support raising the debt limit unless the president accepts deep cuts in federal spending. But the president says it's non-negotiable. And insists Congress raised the cap with no strings attached.
2: Speaker McCarthy left the meeting hopeful that a deal can be made.
3: We had an hour conversation about this that I thought was a very good discussion. And we we walked out saying we would continue the discussion. And I think there is an opportunity here to come to an agreement on both sides.
2: McCarthy says that he can see areas of compromise between House Republicans and the White House, but states the U.S. desperately needs to balance its budget.
3: We have different perspectives, but we both laid out some of our vision of where we'd want to get to and i believe after laying both of out i can see where we can find common ground i think the american public would appreciate that and we look i've been very cl- i've been very clear the current path we're on we cannot sustain we got to change the directory to put ourselves on a path to balance how we get there will be our discussion
2: according to the meeting readout President Biden stated that he would welcome a separate discussion with Congress about ways to reduce the deficit. Many experts believe that the meeting will only be the first of many as Congress and the White House have until June to come up with some sort of an agreement on the debt ceiling before any real threat of default. Blake Berman of News Nation says right now the onus is on the White House. And they have five minutes to come up with some sort of an agreement with Congress on raising the debt ceiling.
5: This debt ceiling needs to be lifted at some point by June. So there's four or five months or so that both sides need to come together and get some sort of a compromise. Now, in advance of this meeting, the White House put forth a memo basically saying that the president had two goals, two main goals going into it. One, pushing Speaker McCarthy for a budget. And secondly, having the speaker commit to raising the debt ceiling. White House officials writing in that memo, quote, will the speaker commit to the bedrock principle that the United States will never default on its financial obligations? And does he agree with former presidents, including President Trump and Reagan, that it is critical to avoid debt limit brinksmanship?
2: Berman outlines the main sticking point issues between House Republicans and the progressive White House.
5: Uh, well, both sides are going to have to negotiate and find a way forward. It was interesting, Nicole, because we just heard Uh, from Kevin McCarthy after this meeting. He walked right out of the West Wing uh, and took questions from reporters. The, The sense that we essentially got from the House Speaker was that it was a very good first conversation with President Biden. He sounded even somewhat optimistic that not only would a deal get done by June, but potentially before June at issue here, is whether or not there could be cuts to entitlement spending, which is what some Republicans want. Of course, the White House says the debt ceiling needs to be raised no matter what.
2: Some experts suggest that should the U.S. government default, it could send not only the American economy, but the world economy spiraling. For its part, the Biden administration has been critical of congressional Republicans, claiming that the GOP wants to reform Medicare and Social Security in order to balance the government's budget. The FBI has searched President Joe Biden's Rehoboth Beach, Delaware home as part of its investigation into the potential mishandling of classified documents. Daybreak Insider's Bob Agnew has the very latest on the Biden classified document scandal. Biden's attorneys say agents did not find any classified documents during the Wednesday search but did take some handwritten notes and other materials relating to Biden's time as vice president for review. The search followed up a top-to-bottom review of Biden's Wilmington, Delaware home on January 20th. That's when agents located documents with classified markings. It also took possession of some of his handwritten notes. Bob Agner reporting. New impeachment articles were filed against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas on Wednesday by Arizona Representative Andy Biggs. According to the articles, Mayorkas is accused of violating his oath of office and failing to enforce basic U.S. immigration law.
5: Well, just one week into the new GOP-led House, and a Republican congressman has now filed articles of impeachment against Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas. In a document filed this week, Representative Pat Fallon of Texas accuses Mayorkas of high crimes and misdemeanors in his role as Homeland Security Secretary. Congressman Andy Biggs of Arizona first filed articles of impeachment against Mayorkas in August of 2021. The effort did not advance in the Democratic-led House. In response to this new impeachment attempt, DHS spokesperson said lawmakers can do better than point the finger at someone else.
2: The new articles came after Representative Pat Fallon of Texas introduced articles last month, which alleged that Mayorkas slandered Border Patrol agents by falsely accusing them of whipping Haitian migrants back in 2021. Previously, Representative Biggs filed articles of impeachment against Mayorkas back in 2021 and accused the Homeland Security Secretary of, quote, engaging in a pattern of conduct that is incompatible with his duties as an officer of the United States, end quote. Meanwhile, when asked about the renewed push for impeachment, House Minority Leader Hakeem Jeffries dismissed the news, saying that the Republican agenda isn't focused on American families.
4: It's very unfortunate that we've seen this extreme MAGA Republican agenda, which is apparently anchored in impeachment and investigation, focused on witch hunts, not working families. We're going to keep our focus on working families.
2: There may be some support for Mayorkas to be impeached. House Speaker Kevin McCarthy has said Mayorkas should resign or face impeachment. And Representative Biggs joined Fox News and lists the reason why he believes Mayorkas needs to be impeached.
4: And I think that the appropriate response is to do what the founders said. You remove somebody from office, a public official from office, who's causing public harm... And violating the public trust and that is impeachment and I think that is the uh, quite frankly the most pressing remedy that we uh, we need to avail ourselves of with uh, Alejandro Mayorkas what he has done is absolutely in my opinion it's unconscionable he's at, at, literally attacked the essence of this country by attacking the geographical integrity and he's changing Uh, so much. He's put so many people in danger. We've got terrorists here that would never have been here. We've got criminal gang members and we've got well over a million people here. We have no idea anything about their background, where they went, because they just got away into the country because of his policies.
2: The Arizona congressman goes on to say that Mayorkas removed Trump era policies that were working to keep the borders secure.
4: I've had people say, well, Andy, he didn't commit a real felony. And I said, but high crimes means that you're a public official and that you have violated the public trust and you need to be removed. Look, what, look at the, just the damage he's done. He came in and he basically got rid of every policy that was working. We had the Yuma sector, Tucker. In the last year of Trump, the, those policies had reduced the encounters to not, fewer than 9,000 for the entire fiscal year. Last year, that sector alone had over 360,000 encounters. And then you, you, you stretch that along the entire southern border and you're pushing 3 million encounters and another million people who got in uh, and got away.
2: Big states that many of the illegal migrants that have evaded capture are criminals and that they're already harming the United States.
4: Those are the people that are bringing drugs, drugs. They're, they're human trafficking, sex trafficking. They've put this country at risk, and uh, quite frankly, the first thing that goes when a country is actually devolving and is, to, is, is uh, when you lose your geographical integrity. And Secretary Mayorkas, that's his main job, and he has willfully uh, imposed his his own dangerous policies on us. It's not negligence. It's not incompetence. It's willful.
2: DHS has previously pushed back, saying that it's Congress's job to fix a broken immigration system and that Mayorkas has simply inherited a dismantled system. For its part, the Biden administration has said its recent border measures are, quote, working, end quote, in spite of a record-shattering 2.76 million reported illegal crossings in 2022. Democrats in the state of Minnesota embracing unlimited abortion. Daybreak Insider's Keith Peters has more on this sobering story.
5: Governor Tim Walz has enshrined abortion into Minnesota statutes. He signed a bill Tuesday that's meant to ensure that the state's existing protections remain in place no matter who sits on future courts. Democratic leaders took advantage of their new control of both houses of the legislature to rush the bill through the first month of the 2023 legislative session. Pro-life activists decry the bill as extreme. They say that it and other fast-track legislation expected to get votes in the coming weeks will leave Minnesota with essentially no restrictions on abortion. Keith Peters reporting.
2: Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell has announced that the Fed will once again raise interest rates, this time by a quarter percentage point. Slightly lower than the half percentage it passed in December. Although inflation has moderated recently, it remains too high.
6: The longer the current bout of high inflation continues, the greater the chance that expectations of higher inflation will become entrenched. My colleagues and I are acutely aware that high inflation imposes significant hardship as it erodes purchasing power, especially for those least able to meet the higher costs of essentials like food. Housing and transportation. We are highly attentive to the risks that inflation poses to both sides of our mandate, and we are strongly committed to returning inflation to our two percent objective. At today's meeting, the committee raised the target range for the federal funds rate by twenty-five basis points, bringing the target range to four and a half to four and three quarters percent. And we are continuing the process of significantly reducing the size of our balance sheet.
2: Powell says that while some sectors of the economy are seeing a bit of cooling in inflation, other sectors are seeing no end to inflation. The job is not fully done.
6: As I mentioned, I started to mention earlier, we have a, a sector that represents 56% of the core inflation index where we don't see disinflation yet. So we, we don't see it. It's not happening yet. Inflation in, in the core services x. Uh, ex-housing is still running at 4% on a 6 and 12 month basis. So there's not, nothing happening there. In the other two sectors, representing you know less than 50%, you actually, I think, now have a, a story that is credible, that's coming together. Although you don't actually see disinflation yet in housing services, but, but it's in the pipeline, right?
2: Powell went on to say that while some data reports on inflation are promising, it's too soon to celebrate. I think it would be premature, it would be very premature to declare victory
6: or to to think that we've really got this, we need to see. Our, our goal, of course, is to bring inflation down. And how do we how do we get that done? There are many many factors driving inflation in that sector, and they should be coming into play to, to have inflation the disinflationary process begin in that sector. But so far, we don't see that. And I think until we do, we see ourselves as having a lot of work left to do.
2: Wednesday's rate hike brings the federal funds rating in a range of 4.5 to 4.75 percent. Former National Economic Council member Gary Cohen says he believes that the Fed may still raise rates in the
7: coming months. He also interjected, look, I've got two more unemployment reports before my next meeting. We've got one this Friday and one the beginning of next month before before they have the March meeting. So remember, we have a March meeting and then we have a month off. So, you know, my, my, I still believe what I said last time. I still believe another 25 at the next meeting. They've got a month off, and then we'll, we'll see what happens from there. They could be done.
2: Cohen explains how the labor market is now impacting decisions made by the Fed.
7: We do have a tight labor market. Uh, but as you and I both know, and we've talked about this before, the Fed cannot create workers. Right. The, the reality of it is, if you look at prime working-age adults, the participation rate is back to pre-pandemic levels. We're missing people in the older population that have left the workforce and are not coming back to the workforce. People have early retired. We've talked about that. Uh, we've also talked about, unfortunately, COVID took people out of the workforce, unfortunately. so. We, we really just can't create these workers, and they're not coming back, and companies are afraid in many respects to get rid of workers. Jerry
2: Boyer, host of the Meeting of the Minds podcast on the Salem Podcast Network, echoes Powell's sentiment that it's way too soon to take any victory laps over a few good reports on inflation.
1: Recent media coverage celebrating falling inflation is taking a victory lap a little too early. Yes, inflation is lower, somewhat. It certainly has come down from the stratospheric levels of nearly 10% a year, but at 5% a year, it's still unacceptably high. There's no grounds for our policymakers to declare victory. The job just is not done. Rising demand for inflation hedges like gold, Bitcoin, and inflation-protected bonds and foreign currencies show that investors know that the inflation crisis is not over yet, even if the ruling class which caused it and benefits from it is in denial. You don't need a Ph.D. in economics to know what's going on. You just need to go to the store and buy a dozen eggs. When pay doesn't keep up with the cost of living, that means you're losing ground. And government is the culprit.
2: Meantime, job growth has declined over the past three months while retail sales fell late last year. A very important major Alaska oil project gets a slight nudge forward. We get more on this developing story from Daybreak Insider Lisa Dwyer. The Biden administration has issued a long-awaited study that recommends allowing a major oil development on Alaska's North Slope. Initially, it calls for up to three drilling sites, fewer than the five pursued by ConocoPhillips, Alaska, for the Willow Project. The recommendation has angered environmentalists, who have nicknamed the proposal a carbon bomb. Alaska native groups have expressed concerns. One native village is only about 36 miles from the Willow Project in a remote region of Alaska's far north. U.S. Interior Secretary Deb Holland, who fought the Willow Project as a member of Congress, has the final decision on whether to approve it. I'm Lisa DeWire. Why are animals going missing from America's zoos? Two monkeys missing and believe taken from the Dallas Zoo have been found safe. We get more on developments on this story from Daybreak Insider's Ben Thomas.
0: The Emperor Tamarin is a small, striking-looking monkey with long, white, sweeping whiskers Two were discovered missing from the Dallas Zoo on Monday, their enclosure cut. Dallas police say they received a tip and found the pair in an abandoned home in nearby Lancaster. But the mystery about what's going on at the zoo is getting deeper. Incidents date back a few weeks. When a clouded leopard went missing, its enclosure also cut. She was found the same day, but so was a gash in the enclosure for Langer monkeys. None of them got out. Later, an endangered vulture was found dead in circumstances the zoo's president called very suspicious.
2: I'm Ben Thomas. And finally, it's for real this time, and he's serious. Legendary football quarterback Tom Brady, revered as one of the greatest quarterbacks in NFL history, has announced yet again that he's retiring, sharing the news in a video on Twitter. Good morning, guys. I'll get to the point. Right away
6: I'm retiring For good I know the process uh, Was a pretty big deal last time So when I woke up this morning I figured I'd just Press record And let you guys know first So I uh, won't be long-winded like you only get one Super Emotional retirement essay And I used mine up last year So I uh, really thank you guys So much To every single one of you For supporting me My family friends, my teammates, my competitors. Uh, I could go on forever. There's too many. Um, Thank you guys for allowing me to live my absolute dream. I wouldn't change a thing. Love you all.
2: Now, according to reports, the seven-time Super Bowl winner signed a Fox Sports deal for 10 years worth about $375 million. After his announcement, Brady took to his Instagram account, posted photos of his family and teammates and all of his kids wearing his jersey. The news comes on the heels of the official divorce from his supermodel wife, Giselle Bundchen, who divorced after 13 years of marriage. Brady and Bundchen have two children together, Benjamin, 12, and Vivian, 9. Brady also has a 15-year-old son, Jack, from his previous wife, Actress Bridget Moynihan. This is Brady's second consecutive retirement. Coming in second in NFL history to quarterback Brett Favre's four consecutive retirements. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or Salem Podcast Network.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at Daybreakinsider.com.
0: star general michael j flynn head of the pentagon intelligence agency knew all the government's dirty secrets he was one of the most respected generals in the military
2: flynn knew what the intel world had been up to he understood its funding he ordered the first audit of the use of contractors this set off alarm bells
0: the explosive new documentary flynn